Welcome to Shape by Faith with your host, Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. My guest today is Mississippi writer Patricia Bradley. Patricia is a USA Today best-selling romantic suspense writer living in the Deep South. Her first published works were short stories published in Woman's World. Blood Kin is available on her website as a thank you for visiting her site. And Patricia is the proud author of 14 novels and five novellas. She's also proud to be represented by Julie Gwynn of the Seymour Agency. Patricia has, and I have read these, and these are fantastic, that you have got to order these. Everyone listening, she has three series published by Ravel, a division of Baker Books, the Logan Point series, the Memphis Cold Case Novels, and the Natchez Trace Park Rangers. She's working on book number 15, the first book set in the Cumberland Plateau, just north of Chattanooga. Patricia is also co-founder of Aiming for Healthy Families Incorporated, an abstinence healthy relationship organization that offers youth the skills to make better choices. And she speaks to audiences nationwide about writing and teaches writing courses at conferences. So welcome to Shape by Faith, Patricia. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad God connected us. I love the way he does that. And, um, even though technology may not always cooperate with me, <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad God is using it now for his purposes. So I, I would, <laughs> yes, I would love to hear about um, you and what you did before becoming a published author. Oh, my goodness. I have cruise timber which we, my husband and I were in the sawmill business, lumber business. I'm cruise timber. And watched the snakes while he counted the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Seriously. Oh. Uh, one and see, I've also worked at, with senior citizens in a senior uh, where they come each day, but we pick them up and feed them and do games with them. And then I went from that to the abstinence program. Uh, where for eight years I was actually riding away. I, my husband had passed away and I was going to use the next few years to try and get a book published to get you know the, the story down because I had two books I had finished that will never ever ever see the light of day. But um, uh, they are uh, after that I went to the abstinence program god took me out of that i I thought he had given me permission to to go ahead and write but Mm -hmm. then he moved me over to talking to teenagers and adults about abstinence and why it's important to god and uh, i worked with that until we uh, i still am involved with it but i quit i was working full-time going into the schools until uh, the job was done. Done. I had helped co-write an abstinence curriculum and a workbook. And during that time, I never had a fiction thought to come in my head until one day all that was done. And I was still working and I was sitting 
on one couch having my quiet time. And suddenly a girl woman appeared in my vision and said, who told me who she was and that someone was trying to kill her. And I said, yes, God had given me back my <laughs> romantic suspense. Oh, my goodness gracious. That is incredible. Okay, so you just had maybe like an open vision. You saw this woman. I, well, I see I see my characters almost visually. They A lot of times they'll just pop in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, before I ever uh, started writing, I couldn't sleep at night. And uh, one night as I stared at the ceiling, this was back when, and not when I was 35 and I was staring at the ceiling, counting the ceiling tiles. And all of a sudden a man appeared in my vision like that. And he was standing at a window and behind him smokestacks billowed into the air. And he turned and he looked at me and he said, my life wasn't supposed to turn out like this. Wow. Wow. I began to tell my, when I couldn't sleep, I would tell myself stories of why his life had not turned out like it did. And then other people came to live in my head and they wouldn't go away till I wrote about them. That is incredible. Okay. So that book, have you written that book yet? I have not. That is one that I'm waiting to write. I don't Mm -hmm. know why I didn't. One thing I, I went from thinking about that to these other characters they replaced him. They moved, They bumped him out of the way. <laughs> Maybe his story is is one I of the finished. best ever, and you you just have to wait a little bit. Right. Oh wow. Okay. So I've I've read several of your books. Um, Thank you. you. You absolutely. I love them. And and I was never interested in detective series and crime series, and my husband certainly is. And so um, when when I'm reading your book, I think your books were the first that that I've read, uh, you know, that that dealt with crime and and how does, you know, who was solving it. Um, Do you think from seeing that vision, that's where that came from, where you went into writing um, about detectives and, and finding out, you know, how to solve the crime? I always liked reading suspense. I started mm. with, um, I'm trying to think of who I even started with, uh, Mary Higgins Clark for sure. But even before that, um, uh, Phyllis Whitney, and several, you know, different. I, there were a lot of uh, Agatha Christie. Oh, that yes. was always my go-to. The, my very first book I ever read, the first books as a teen kid, was about Black Stallion series and that was that's a mystery wrapped around a horse of course every girl loves a horse so or most mm-hmm. girls mm-hmm. and I was no exception so uh I, I I don't know why I mean I know why I write suspense and 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 that is because I enjoy that's what I enjoy reading mm-hmm. well you're good at it I can tell you that you're very good and um, Taylor was in that first book she was the the heroine of Shadows of the Past. Oh, wow. Okay. Everyone in the, I can't remember. It's been many books. Since that <laughs> one. You have written a lot of books. Um, I have. So when you first begin to write, um, do, uh, you, you kind of have this idea, this thought in your head, or maybe God has given you that creativity, that vision. Do you just go with it? Do you know the setting? I mean, 
how does that occur? Uh, first thing I have to do is I have to know my characters, but uh, mostly I start out with the villain and uh, why he's the villain and why the crime that's going to be in the book. Why is it happening now? Why didn't it happen a year ago, 10 years ago, six months in the future? I have that's the, the main thing I have to know is why is it happening now? And after that, then I have to know who my characters are. My heroine, my hero, I have to know who they are when they walk on the page. What what made them what they are. Mm-hmm. And that is also, I mean, I don't get a complete picture. Often I'm, uh, I start writing before I have this because I discover who they are as the as the book progresses, as the manuscript progresses. Oh, okay. So the characters just come to life for you as you're writing. They do. And they do surprising things sometimes. <laughs> okay. So we know, we know that we know that writing is a gift from the Lord. Not everyone Absolutely. can write. Yes. That's the first thing I tell people when they say, how do you do that? I said, well, it's God gifted me to do it. Exactly. When did you realize it was a gift from the Lord and you were going to be writing more and more? Oh, gosh. Probably when I really got serious in 2008 after the abstinence program ended. Uh, and I and, and I knew I needed help because I had I didn't I had written in a vacuum more or less no critique partners or anything like that and um, I found Susie Mae Warren who mentored me she and Rachel Rachel Hawk and I learned how from them I learned what I didn't know because when you first start out start out you don't know what you don't know exactly exactly okay we're gonna take a quick break. Right here, we'll be back with more Shape by Faith. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. My guest is Patricia Bradley from Mississippi. She is the USA Today's best-selling romantic suspense writer. And I apologize, Patricia. I kept saying crime <laughs> in suspense. Well, um, it involves a crime. Yes, yes, it, it, it sort of does. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you, how do you make every word count and meaningful because that's hard for me because I, I write too many words. Uh, I started out writing for Woman's World. The very first thing I ever wrote, literally ever wrote a little short story, Woman's World published published it. I did everything wrong. Your the the writer's guidelines said twenty five hundred words. I sent forty five hundred. <laughs> By all rights, that manuscript should have come right straight back to me. But the the teacher, I mean, the editor saw something in it that she liked. And so she uh, cut it. She bought it and cut it. And because uh, their stories were only 2,500 words. So I'm writing along and I'm trying to write more short stories. And but I send another one finally i get a good story because short story ideas are hard to come by mm-hmm. and so i submit another one and this time i was better i only sent it submitted 2500 words for seven and it's only supposed to be 1700 words so uh i she liked it but she said it's too long and you have to cut it mm. that is where I learned to make every word count. 
I had to cut 500 words from the story. And uh, that's where I learned how to make every word. Every word has to do double duty. It has to move the story forward. And also with me, not every word, but you get the idea. But everything has to, there can be nothing extra. I'm probably what you would call a lean writer because I don't do a lot of descriptions. I rarely describe my characters other than probably eye color and hair color and maybe their height. I don't know. I think it's important for the reader to draw their own picture of the hero and heroine. That's good. So how long did it take you to cut those 500 words from your story? It didn't take that long because I, she wanted it right back. Oh, so, gosh. <laughs> when you get it, edits usually are required to be back much sooner than you want them to be. Uh-huh. So you had to learn quick. I did. And then the next time I sent them a short story, I actually got the word count right. Did she uh, say, good job? <laughs> No, it was a different editor. By oh, then. Okay. So, okay. They didn't stay long. Nancy McCarthy was my first editor, and she was the one who bought the very first short story, which was The Snow Leopard. And uh, I need to put it on my website, too. Yes, that would be wonderful. So, Blood last one. What What was it, Patricia? Blood Kin. Blood, yes, and that's the one that, um, yeah, we opened up with. So when you're talking about getting your story published and let's say there's there's um, someone listening and they have a really good story, is it hard to get your stories published? I mean, how would you even go about that? Well, let me start out with my life verse. And it is delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. And for years, I prayed that God would give me the story. He would get, then I, I, I felt I was delighting myself in him. And I said, Lord, I'm delighting myself. I'm not getting published. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> that time is passing. And anyway, I'm one day I'm reading that psalm again and I stumble on verse seven, which I read every year, but tend to ignore. And it is wait patiently on the Lord to act. Oh, that's good. And so, uh, when I was published, it was not a day too soon or a day too late. It was because God knew that it, it and actually, if any of the stories, I, if my story had been published prior to when it was, it was not ready. Mm. And I was not ready. So uh, to, I always tell people to do the hard work, learn the craft. And so that you're and, and do the writing. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't want to have written do the writing and then when god opens the door you'll be ready to go through it because he will if he's called you to write because i would ask god god if this is not what you want me to do take away this desire to write yes ever did and so and then um the year that i was i finaled in the carol i i got an agent and then the agent more or less sent my management my proposal out to about 20 publishers Mm -hmm. and uh, I went to the ACFW American Christian Fiction Writers Conference I think it was in September and uh, as a finalist in the the Genesis and 
the editor from Ravel, first time she had been to an ACFW conference in years, took my story to read on the airport and on the airplane. And she uh, emailed my agent and told her she wanted to take the story to the pub board because any story that could keep her mind off flying, she wanted to buy. <laughs> That's wonderful. You know, God always works out everything. He does. We may think he's slow, but he's not. He's always right on time. I, I love that verse. And I love that you followed it up with wait patiently on the Lord to act. And that yeah. is so true. So true. You know, the, the very verse that's your life first, I have prayed that um, years ago and, and, you know, and now, and, and I have seen God just do the work and, but you're right. You have to wait patiently on the Lord. Most importantly, as you're praying and believing, you have to do the work. You have to do the right. hard stuff. It's just not going to be handed to you on a platter. No. Um, no. What, what books did you release this year? Uh, Counterattack. It's, it was my, let's see, it was the 13th book with Ravel. And then I have two, heartwarming harlequin heartwarming sweet romances 14 um and then i'm i'm uh just finished book 15 which i'm editing and working on book 16 wow okay so book Since 2013 okay book 15 is what what is the title of book 15 uh, fatal attraction, a uh, fatal witness, fatal witness. It is um, the story of it comes out in uh, February of next year. And it's uh, the story of a woman who witnessed her parents murder and has totally blocked it. And then her uncle whisked her away uh, to safety. And it's 25 years later. Do you ever take real life stories, people you know, or maybe from your own personal experiences and, and weave bits and pieces of these into your books? There are. That, and I think that everything a writer, a writer wastes nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, and most of what are in my books are things I have either experienced or read about. I mean, they, they have come through my my emotions and touched me and I, and I don't, you don't forget it. Like I said, a writer wastes nothing. Do you think it, uh, for someone who has like, like yourself, a lot of creative ideas that, that God has placed in you, is it, is it better to write fiction or nonfiction, which is one harder than the other? Nonfiction to me is like going back to school. <laughs> So I don't write, I, I write nonfiction in my blogs, but I would not want to write a book of nonfiction. Okay. Okay. So I mean, because stories are what the, I, I tell stories mm -hmm. and, and most of my stories, I like to show that Christians don't have, I mean, that people are tend to think Christians have, it's everything's perfect. If you're a Christian, well, that's not true. That's right. And I have a story about that, that. Well, you know, with nonfiction, even you may have this great story to tell, but you have to get permission if those people are still True. alive. And you're like, well, that book's not going to be out for a while. So, um, yeah, I was curious about that. That's interesting. Okay, let's take a real quick break. We'll be back with more Shape by Faith. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. 
Patricia, I wanted to ask you, how long does it take you to write a novel? It varies. Uh, I have nine months before, between books usually, but when I finally finish, when I finish one and turn it in, I don't usually want to start right away. And I usually write a book in about four months. I write in Scrivener and I have a daily word count that right now is going by the wayside because I'm editing. Because while you're writing this other, this next story, you will get edits from the book that comes out in say next spring. I have a book coming out in February. So I'm doing edits on the book that I finished back in February. Oh, wow. Okay. Let me ask you this. So people understand this when, when you're editing, okay. When you send it, your manuscript to the editor, they don't just change everything for you. Do they? No, (laughs) I wish. Yeah. Can you explain the editing process? Okay. With me, with Revelle, I turned my book into the what they call the acquisitions editor, and she goes through it. And if she has any problems, and I've never turned one in that they didn't have a problem with, and she will send back and, and note the different places she has a problem. Because if she has a problem, then the editor, the reader will have a problem. So I work all that out, and then she accepts it. It's a cue. Mm-hmm. And it takes about a year from a book go from a book going to turning in to being released. And from from once once she accepts it and sends it on, it goes to I guess a copy and I call her the plausibility police <laughs> because everything has to make sense. And so and that's what I, where I am now. I'm uh I had I received the edits a Monday was a week ago. They're due next Monday. And uh, so I'm feverishly working to uh, to get every because they can see the big picture. I'm so involved in it. All I can see is the trees. Mm-hmm. And, and they're so good at their job. They 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 are picking out things. A lot of times I repeat myself and uh, and don't repeat myself correctly, which they point out. So uh, the editing, I have never met an edit that I didn't like eventually. Uh, okay. Well, I, I yeah. wanted people to understand that, that the editor's job is, like you just said, it's got to make sense. And so then they'll send it back to you and you're the one that has to um, to adjust it. Yes. Okay. So what sort of research goes into your novels? Can you just sit down and and write a story and not have any research? I probably researched every other page, something on it. Um, I research, okay, the book that just came out, the book I'm working on though has a canine dog okay. and I don't have a canine dog so I have researched an awful lot about canine dogs uh, I have also selective amnesia is another one it's there's a, a fancy name for it and uh, where you block out memories because mm-hmm. of uh, trauma and I had to research that uh, uh, the area uh, while I am familiar with Chattanooga uh, Back when I wrote the Natchez Trace books, the Natchez book set in Natchez, I had never been to Natchez. So I made four research trips down there before COVID shut it down. And uh, 
to 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 get to to soak up the atmosphere because Na- I live in North Mississippi, Natchez is in South Mississippi, and it's an, an it's almost like a different world. Mm. People are are there. We're laid back up here, but there there's just something different about the atmosphere in Natchez. It's it's such an old town. At one time, it was the richest town in America. And uh, a lot of genteel people. It's just a fascinating place. And so I, I have to always research the area. Like I said, my sister lives in Chattanooga. I have been going to Chattanooga for ever since she's been there. And uh, I, you think you know the area until you start writing about it. And this time I totally, it's totally fictional, the, the setting, because I was tired of trying to figure out where the restaurant, what street the restaurant was on. So now I can put it wherever I want to because it's a small <laughs> town outside yeah. of Chattanooga. Okay. I put a river there that's not there. And that's okay because you're right. You're writing fiction, but I, you know, I also wanted the listeners to know there's a lot that goes into that researching uh, novels. And, and as you and I were talking uh, before um, we were recording, you know, you were saying people have easy access to the internet, so they could easily check if something is correct or not, even if it, even if you're writing fiction. Right. Well, but, in this new book, I, I'm, I have explored the dark web mm. simply because, and which is not all bad, because if it were not for the dark web, people in Russia couldn't email their families. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, and there's, there's just so you there, you never really know what you're going to have to research. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, Good. I, I have to always refresh my memory of, of bullet, bullets. Oh, and that's yes. Okay. So do you have any tips? We don't have a long time yeah. left, but do you have any tips for writers just starting out? Learn the craft, get, get some good writing books, anything by James Scott Bell or K.M. Whelan or Susan May Warren. Just get, get a good craft book. Learn it. Learn, learn what readers are looking for. And, mm-hmm. but to learn the craft is the main thing and, and write. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, a well known author to tell me it takes a million words to become an author, a writer. Goodness. Because the more you write, the better you get, unless you make the same same mistakes over and over and nobody's there to tell you. So also get some good critique partners. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Patricia, I want to thank you so much. It was so enjoyable today. And uh, where can people find your books? They can find them uh, anywhere. Uh, books are sold at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, at Baker Bookhouse. There's a 40% or 30% discount with free shipping. So, oh, okay. And that's a great deal. So everyone look up Patricia Bradley. From Go to my website. Go to oh, Patricia yeah. Bradley books okay. or com, and you can find the books with the links. Okay. That's a great idea. Okay. Thank you so much, Patricia. Thank you, thank you so much, Stuart. This has been so much fun. It has been. And thank you for listening. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more.